Talkers. Welcome to No Prize from God, episode 20. No Prize from God features conversations with creative people about belief, unbelief, and everything between. I'm your host, Ryan J. Downey, and my guest on this episode is Mina Caputo, lead singer and co-founder of the band Life of Agony. Life of Agony's debut album, River Runs Red, is a metallic hardcore classic. Two more records followed on Roadrunner, with the fourth on Epic, before the band split in 1999. 2017's A Place Where There's No More Pain was the reunited group's first record in over a decade. But more importantly, it was the first since their singer came out as transgender. Mina Caputo was born Keith in Mill Basin, Brooklyn. As my pal Corey Groh recounted in a great Rolling Stone feature, quote, her mother died of a heroin overdose when Caputo was only a year old, and by her account, her father, also a drug addict, abandoned her, forcing her to grow up with her hard-nosed paternal grandparents. When her dad did come around, he was her burden. I was mothering him through his life, Caputo says. I was giving him money, putting him up at my home, bailing him out of jail, buying him dope, watching him punch walls, trying to heal his gangrene. But that pales compared to what she endured at home, where she suffered perpetual physical abuse at the hands of her grandfather. I hated my family, she says. I hated myself. I hated the fact that I was born into this world. I didn't feel normal. I didn't feel like every other guy felt. I knew there was something peculiar going on with me, but I didn't know what transgender meant. Mina is worlds away from the masculine-presenting singer whose gender dysphoria once had her contemplating suicide. The Sound of Scars, released in 2019, is a conceptual follow-up to River Runs Red. Mina is also an accomplished solo artist and poet. I knew she'd have an interesting take on the topics we tackle on No Prize From God. What you're about to listen to is Mina going full stream of conscience. I may as well have said, here's what No Prize From God is all about, followed by go. I mean, that's sort of how it unfolded. So here it is, my conversation with Mina Caputo of Life of Agony. This is No Prize From God. gambler i didn't see him from ages four to eleven and then around the time he got his shit together and reappeared in my life um my mom passed away no dad age four to eleven and then my mom died at age 11 so i've got and i know that you know your your family history i know you know about your parents and so on so i think there's some a, a continuity there about you know that sort of life and and, and 
what that no absolutely we we definitely as far as you know coming from i mean listen i think all human beings at to some degree um because of the past lineage of idiots that we've had or just people that really didn't really know any better about things like i think as souls where um we're just uh obviously we're on some kind of like great 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 journey obviously with no destination if you think there's a destination you're in the wrong game of life but i we definitely share a, a lineage of um in case of lack of a better word suffering as far as you know not really having a childhood uh, or having like a childless childhood in a sense cuz yeah like i grew up pulling hypodermic needles out of my father's feet and arms and legs and my mom died when she was 20 and I've even met her so a sorry for you know your losses and but you know I think um you know see there's a point in your life where you have to kind of like utilize the suffering and the challenges and the negativity and the contrast I actually welcome it now like I've been through so much shit in my teens and my 20s and my 30s that I now have the ability, know-how, and wisdom to basically turn trauma, tragedy, and suffering on its fucking head and basically, you know, walk out of it untouched, unscathed, because I don't calibrate to suffering the way most people do in, in I guess, in mass culture or society. They, they You know, they've been... You know, I'm I'm going off the rails because what we're talking about here, there's branches and branches and branches of 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 connecting the dots, kind of. There's like this conversation can never really, really end in a sense. Yeah, and I will also add to that. You and I were born the same year, um, about a month apart. I didn't realize this until later in life, but apparently the year we were born is what they call the baby bust. You know, there's the baby boom, and apparently 73 is thought of as the baby bust because there were less of us born, which is why, you, you know, you've probably noticed throughout life that most people we know seem to be a year or two older than us or a year or two younger than us, but you rarely yeah. encounter people that are born the same year as you and I. Yeah, no. I, had this oh, I didn't know that. Thank you. That's yeah. cool, actually. Yeah, I had this conversation with Rose McGowan, actually. She's another 73 person. <laughs> <laughs> like you and I. Yeah, 73 is a definitely a special year, man. You know, like, uh, for me anyway, like, a lot of 1973 kind of cool nuggets come in, came into my life. Like, for example, a silly little nugget, Zeppelin play in Madison Square Garden, I think two or three nights in a row happened in 1973. Mm. And they made the film at the Garden that year. The song remains the same. So, oh, I didn't know I, that. You know, I yeah, well, that's I'm amazing. You seventy three history, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of seventy three nuggets that definitely uh, resonate with with my life and and things that I like in my life or I'm attracted to. Zeppelin being obviously one of them. I don't know if you're a Kiss fan, but I believe that was the the year they played their first show in Queens. Oh, I am, but um, I'm not like. A, I'm not like a psycho Kiss fan. Yeah, me neither. Um, but um, of course, we we love Kiss. But I, I don't go home running running home to listen to them. Also, the '73 uh, was the year of the first Queen record. Ooh, 
love Queen. News of the World is one of my favorite Queen albums. It's not the first one, though. Queen is so much, I feel like, as big a part of pop culture right now as they ever oh, were, yeah. which is which is amazing to think about. Yeah. I think, too, because I think Adam Lambert helped in that dimensional realm. Maybe Freddie's also helping, too, and that's why Adam got the gig anyway. I was like, I, I, I was gonna I say wanna, something wanna, like that. <laughs> so yeah, I we're... want a gay guy. I want a gay guy singing my song. Forget <laughs> about one of these. Uh, you know, yeah, it's not gonna be the dude from Bad Company. <laughs> it's gonna be Adam Lambert. It's not gonna be Vince Neil. And uh, Adam Lambert was born in Indiana, which is where I'm from originally. I've been. A, oh. Yeah, I've been. In, I've been in California for about 20 years, but you know. It's a, it's a very red state with uh, all of the things that I mean, you know, Mike Pence was the governor of Indiana, so not necessarily a fun place to grow up when you're when you're a weird <laughs> a weird kid no. having a rough childhood. <laughs> Listen, all, all all kids are weird until, you know, every major institution crushes their dreams as children. Every kid's born a genius, every kid's born a Dalai Lama, every kid's born an unlimited field of just goodness until the institutions crush the child and this is what we see now being disclosed on a negative side of things but i mean there's a lot of great things happening too in this world the world's a very very beautiful mystery it's a very very beautiful gorgeous garden yeah I really think it's about time for a serious, serious change. And I mean, you know, erasing paradigms that exist. Because no matter who we vote in, doesn't fucking matter. It's going to be the same old, same old operation that's been going on for the past 100 years. The entire war paradigm needs to change. We need to eradicate and erase the war paradigm, otherwise nothing changes on this planet. The patriarchy will still reign. Sugar, tobacco, bad meat, poisonous meat, cancer-filled foods and packages it will still reign on humanity as we know it if the war paradigm change. That's why, like, you know, you see, like, every other idiot arguing about politics online. It's like, you idiots... Nothing's gonna fucking change unless the war, unless we, there's no more war paradigm. We can't be, do you notice in this page, in this, uh, patriarchy, in this system, how we brutalize one another? We brutalize our children, we brutalize the animal kingdom, we brutalize the land, we brutalize the sea, we fucking brutalize the air. We gorilla our way through every living. We put a gun to every little thing in society. We put a gun to the head of every living thing on society. And this is what I mean. It's a very un ungrateful, underappreciated garden. This entire world, this entire fish, fish tank, hologram, matrix, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, nothing will change. It doesn't matter. You know, if, if Bernie wins, which who I wanted to win the last, last time before Trump and Hillary, because those two are clowns. Hillary wouldn't have made a fucking difference either. She'd follow that war paradigm quicker than any motherfucker out there. 
Yeah, but what I'm loving now is that all this darkness is being disclosed in the religious institutions, in the political institutions. The world is being run by undercover fags, okay? Let's be real. The, the world's being run by undercover fags, undercover sex trafficking pedophiles. Like, let's get fucking real. Why do you think they just ha keep hammering and hammering on trans people? They love trans. The, the politicians, they're the first people. They win their campaign or their election. They have those private parties. They got gay guys sucking dick off their coke. They're fucking transsexuals. Believe me. It's like this fear game, this, this fear chess game, battleship in a way, in, a, in just a, in, a, in a different form, or monopoly in a way. It's like literally what goes on in our one-dimensional uh you know, sheer paradigm is what to look at the media. Look at what the media sells. It's been selling that for, for, for year after year after year after year, for what, 50, 40 years already. The way, you know, it's just like kind of sickening. Nothing will change, though, unless the warp, there is no, you know, the, the at least that's my personal opinion, you know, um, there's a lot of psychopaths on the planet, you know, so I don't know if that will ever change. I don't know if this is part of our DNA, if this is, if this will ever change, this controlling uh, need, this need, this gluttonous feeling to control others, to keep others down, to keep people at each other's throats. This is our world, but not all. That's if you face reality, though. If you're a human being like me, you're creating reality rather than facing reality. Mm. And there's a big, 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 big difference in facing reality and creating reality. And I don't, I don't, I don't know why I even went off on that tangent, but you know, we're talking about institutions and 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 the game of politics, and it's just like, and listen, I'm not saying there's all, you know, there's. There's all bad people in the FBI. There's good people in the FBI. There's good people in the government. There's good people in CIA. There's good people trying to do good things. For, there's good people in, in corporations. But it seems as if ignorance and evil is just, you know, the wheels of this fucking machine. I just don't understand things. I'm very, very, I'm confused. I'm, I'm you know, um, you know, like things bother me, like in the Vatican, for example, they hold 51 miles of ancient information about the human soul, about our ancient gods, about our ancient ancestors, what we are, the origin of life, who we are, why we are, where we're going, why we're even here, the before and after the interval of life, of what we're experiencing now. You know, maybe they do have all these answers, but if we really knew as a people, there'd be complete chaos and disorder. I, there's already chaos and disorder, <laughs> you know. So, like, and that's from all the lying. People know we're being lied to, you know. But people just keep their head down, you know. Most people, anyway, in the counterculture, the mass pop culture, let's call them pop culture. And maybe for uh, some of the people in institutions in control, chaos and disorder is probably the point. Well, no, that's what they want. They want people filled with fear, 
They want people depressed. They want people hating their lives. They want people hating themselves. There's no business when people are doing good. Big business with the sick. Big business people dying. They don't want your kids healthy. They want your kids getting fucking cancer. They want your kids getting some bad fuck-up vaccine shot in them that they can't do nothing about it. This is what they want. They want chaos. For us. But for them, it's a completely different story. They want to take everything from us. Our sovereign right to express our physical anatomy. Want to tell me I can't smoke the fucking God's leaf? Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like peyote, ayahuasca, magic mushrooms, all the plant medicines in the world, all schedule one. Why? Because they help. They clarify. They, they allow people to resonate with their higher true selves. You don't need plant medicines, but that's a quick-ass gateway to fucking rude awakening. I think every politician in our country should at least experience ayahuasca five times and magic mushrooms five to ten times because then their soul will be in their cellular system. Then, then they'll know true soul. They'll know true life. They'll know true equality. And I think every politician and people that run for presidents should not be fucking moron celebrities. They should be people with fucking three, four, five different degrees in biology, in sexuality, in, in, in science, in theosophy. Like these should be brilliant fucking people running the world. But they're all lunatics. Nothing changed since John Lennon. Nothing. And even before it, they're desperately trying to keep the wheels turning. They're running out of ideas. They, I mean they, the elites, the, the people you'll never hear about on Channel 5. These are the people in control in the very, 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 very top of the pyramid. You'll never hear about these people. They're running the show. Presidents, they don't mean shit. Politicians campaigning, selling ideas they'll never come through on. Same thing with presidents. Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize, but he dropped more bombs on women and children than pretty much any president in our time. Mm -hmm. Nobel Peace Prize. Woo! We're doing good, people. What else? And this is the hypocrisy and the humor and the, and, and the fucking joke of our world. That's why I am busy creating my own reality. I am not worried about any law put into place. I will fucking live my life the way I live my life. And the gods will protect me. And my guides and my, 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 my invisible warrior gods that I can't see in this earthly low vibrational plane got my fucking back. And all things divine enter my life. And I will live my life. I will do whatever fucking drug I want. I will fuck who I want. I'll wear what the fuck I want. I'll turn into a fucking octopus if I want to. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. 
and fucking like work on your own pathetic, miserable lives, man. Stop. You know, it's almost as if they're just constantly creating misery for people. It's a fucking joke, man. Who knows, man? I'm I'm like at a point in my life, I'm like, hmm, how much is Hollywood even involved? Are they involved even in a bigger way? Creating all these fucking stories, all these fake stories. It's just like, I'm convinced now that uh, Epstein was killed by the coronavirus created by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, that's what really happened. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. When is this fucking, when are the people going to get serious? When is this planet going to get, when are we going to get serious about real disasters? When are we going to get serious about really preparing for some kind of, you know, meteorite plummeting that may happen to the planet? We're not prepared for anything real. All they're worried about is keeping the Black Friday going, man. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like this. This, they're just trying to keep the, you know, the pockets getting fatter, you know, the, the same old, same old going, you know. I don't know. But aside from all this, man, I love life. I love everything that I've been through. I love all the challenges I've been given. I love all the heartache that I've been given. It made me into an incredible, incredible light-hearted human being that's constantly seeking as cliche as it sounds mm-hmm. the fun of the fun of life the joy of life what do you remember about first becoming aware of you know something bigger around you or these these kind of invisible forces that you describe and uh, you know when when did you get a sense that there was more than what you could see. You're talking about the the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. When when did when did you kind of experience that? The first heavy duty. I'm getting the chills now. Even thinking about it, I was a kid. I was laying in bed. I was in a very lucid state. And who do I see? At least in my opinion, I see a a white opaque shape floating right above me. And it was my dead mother. I saw her. I saw her face. And her long red hair filled up my entire bedroom. So I had this opaque or this white light silhouetted as a beam floating right above me. And I knew it was my mom because my mom had a lot, a lot, of, long, a lot of long red hair. The hair wasn't red in this lucid visual, but it was all over the room. And I just knew in my gut instinct that it was her. And she literally touched my nose with her pointy finger. And I literally felt it. And once the fear filled up my cellular system, she vanished in less than a second. If it was, I mean, it was just the most. And I, ever since that moment, I knew my mom was with me. That's why I, I knew. How old were you when that happened? That's probably like seven, eight years old. Oh, wow. And maybe she touched me with the gift of femininity, too, because that's around the same time I knew that something was very different about me. Like, I didn't feel like a boy. 
whatever a boy is supposed to feel like. I didn't feel like a girl, whatever a girl's. I just knew I was very, 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 I was too eccentric for my own good, even in my own head. And I, I didn't really, I mean, it's not like today where, you know, kids are being born with phones in their hand. We we didn't have that. We had Atari. Mm-hmm. We had Coleco. We we had Coleco Vision. So it took me until my teens to figure out that I love to do all things girly and you know. And I just until my mind and I developed an idea of soul and spirit. That's when I knew that this energy, frequency, and vibration inside of me was trying to express the divine feminine. But it took me forever because I grew up in a very alpha male, very different times. You thought today was bad. It was 10 times worse when I grew up, when we grew up, Mm -hmm. as you know. We couldn't even come home with fucking painted fingernails. I'd get beat up with a fucking wiffle ball bat, Mm -hmm. which literally happened. You know, Um, yeah, I was... So that's why it just, it took me forever. Fear. Fear took over. I was living in fear for a very long time in my life. Until I had the courage to be hated. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I just watched Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, what a, what a fucking role. I feel like him. I'm like, I'm ready to smack somebody, man. Especially when we talk about shit like this, dude. It gets, <laughs> It gets me so angry, not angry, but I just wish fucking people would just be like me. <laughs> yeah. Gentle, kind, caring, compassionate, concerned about the world, people, you know, like, and I don't know. I know you grew up with an Italian family. I grew up in an Irish family. and <laughs> Wait, let me say it for you. The Italians, the Irish, and the Jews, they're all one thing. It's like... They're all fucking nuts, man. <laughs> the Jews, the Irish, the fucking Italian, they're all one thing, man. It's hysterical. It's fucking hysterical. But the, the Irish were fucking wild too, man. Yeah, and and, it, and a lot of it comes from repressed feelings and, and things that are shoved down and put aside and not processed, and it comes out through this, you know, it manifests itself in, in booze or... You know, yeah. fighting and violence and... That's why people do what they do. All the things you're bringing up. Just think of the lineage of souls that have repressed their true nature. Only to be in your body now. And the people who go AWOL or jump out the window, they, they're they dealing with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lifetimes. Who do you think that shit don't carry through? We're housing perhaps millions of life inside of us. Of course we feel that. I won't even ask you, do you think we can feel that? We can feel that whether you think so or not. Your rational or logical mind is nothing compared to the higher mind and the subconscious mind of what the subconscious mind is trying to constantly rework to make you a better person. But you can work with the science of mind. And that's what the whole... You know, people like to stigmatize things. So like the the whole spiritual awakening world and all this stuff. I mean, it's not a fucking new thing. People have just been so 
dumbed down by Judaism, Catholicism, all these institutionalized go-nowhere beliefs. That is dumbed down people to the point where they hear about a new thing like spiritualism or it's like, you know, and then they'll they'll be mocking that and, and taking that apart, you know, because most people just, you know, they pretty much put down what they don't understand because of fear. Like people, like, for the most part, like, uh, you know, you're happy go lucky Sunday church going. You know, I mean, I know I'm categorizing. I shouldn't do that, but I don't know who else to blame. But, like, let's just say very evangelistic religious people, like, coming down on trans people like me without even talking to someone like me. Never even talked to someone like me in their entire fucking life. You know, just going on these fake facts that are created by every other idiot in society, you know, screaming out, you know, uh, this is not right. And they think there's only two kinds of human beings on the planet. That's how fucking dumb people are. Can I tell you something? Clownfish change genders. Lice change genders. Butterflies and moths, moths change genders. Octopus change genders. Frogs. Frogs change genders. Those are like missing links to we're a part of the kingdom. What do you think? Both don't? Of course, we've been around for millions and millions of years in every, every culture. Native American Indians, Hopi American tribes, the Aztecs, the Incas, the Mayans, the Egyptians, the Greeks. We were fucking revered. Transsexuals, hermaphrodites. We were gods. Again, until the patriarchy took over. And they, and like in the Spanish Inquisition, when the Spanish attacked Mayans and Incas and the Aztecs and that, you know, they've eradicated all gender records, all religious records, and they're like infringing what their beliefs should be on a new, a forest person. They call them savages. But these are our ancient indigenous people that know more about life, when a meteorite hits this fucking planet, guess who's going to be surviving? The lost fucking tribe in the middle of the rainforest in the Amazon somewhere. When you have, when you, when you're flying at nighttime and you see the planet glowing from electricity, that's not fucking progress, man. That's fake progress. That's bullshit. The real progress is living in the forest, surviving in the forest. None of us are going to survive. We haven't progressed any. In fact, we're getting dumber and dumber and dumber. We're still fucking incredibly baffled by all the megalithic sites on the planet. And all the idiotic, dumb archaeologists are still trying to sell this fake timeline of life. Like... Life began with the Egyptians. Yeah, okay. You know, like, there's, there's like, ancient sites, like Gobekli Tepe, that was just discovered, and um, ancient artifacts. Over 50,000 years already. We have cultures, please, like, the, the Egypt, not, time didn't begin 10,000 years ago. This planet's been here for millions and millions and billions of fucking years, man.
science is just probably throwing a number on shit to make things a little bit more comprehensible, but no one knows nothing about anything on the planet. People like Neil deGrasse Tyson, all these people, they're selling agendas. Hey, did you ever hear, you ever hear him on the Joe Rogan show, what his view was of the afterlife? I mm-hmm. swear, if I was there, I would have fucking spit up my water all over him. It was like <laughs> the most shallow fucking answer a guy like that can give. And you could tell he was bullshitting because he has to sell the agenda. You know, if you're an archaeologist and you have different ideas and proof and evidence of different timelines, you're casted out. It's the same shit, man. That's what I'm saying. Religions, religious institutions, Harvard, school systems and school institutions, colleges, institutions, pharmaceutical world. It's like the thing that unites these seemingly disparate institutions of academia and science and religion is is fear and a need to control a narrative and have like a story. You know what I was going to say was sorry was like. And I think this Colin had said it like it's all one big fucking boys club. And guess what? We're not invited ever. And he's so fucking true. It sound it you know, it's so cliche, but it's so fucking true. It's like, you know, the elitists, you know, you're living in Greenwich, Connecticut, you know. You can't just walk into some fucking golf club, boys club thing and be a member. You got to be someone. You got to be someone, someone. And that's the way it is everywhere. Even in the fucking music industry, man. If you're not paying Mr. DJ the amount that they want, you're not getting on the radio. You're not getting fucking spins. You're not even being fucking mentioned. Like, if you ain't paying up or sending a boat to DJ Vinny, you know, or or a Harley Davidson to DJ Sophia, it's a fucking game. Pay to play, baby. Isn't it interesting when when we talk about patriarchy, how, you know, I remember as a kid coming up in, like, the Sunday school system and, you know, Catholic and Protestant Indiana of the 70s and 80s and I remember wondering back then like well you know we hear all this talk about God the Father how is there a father without a mother what sense is that you know like wait a minute and it's interesting how you know whether it's the Virgin Mary you know all these ways that the feminine fights through the bullshit and the institutions and comes comes through it you know and or, or let alone when you look at ancient peoples where it's like, well, the idea of God, the father came from father earth and or from mother earth and father sky, you know? And it's like, when you look at it that way, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I always found it so ridiculous, even as a young child, this idea that there was a father and a son and like, where's the mother in that picture? <laughs> like it just uh, already oh, falls bullshit, apart, man. you know? It's bullshit. You know, in the Bible, the original King James before they tarnished the shit, the snake represented divine joy, divine abundance. But as the years went on, and you know the, the, the original Bibles that were written, 
they were all written by women. Not one of those Bibles were in publication. Hmm. Hmm. Let's have a think about that now. You know, it's just, the, it's, we're in a fucking woman-hating fucking world, man. We really are. Anything feminine, you know, it's like, it's frowned upon. It really, 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 really is, man. It really is. It's only celebrated to the degree it can be controlled and packaged, right. you know. Right, exactly. <clears throat> People like me, they can't put a package on me, you know. That's why they put fucking, you know, that's, they still got those trans panic defense fucking things, systems in place where like, let's say me and you hooked up and I didn't tell you that I was a trans girl and you didn't know, which is wrong to begin with, but that doesn't give the man the right to kill the trans girl be in defense. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's laws in place for that. Okay which is fucking horrendous. I mean, you shouldn't be fucking with people and lying with people anyway, but I know some girls, they want to live stealth. I understand that. I'm the complete opposite. Like, if I'm talking to a guy and he hasn't even asked me, I'm always like, listen, before like we carry on even further, you know I'm trans, right? Oh, yeah, 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 I know. Or, really? I didn't fucking know. Like, are you fucking serious? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do this. You know, like, those people, you know, that's why you, you, you need to out yourself. But that law shouldn't be in there. And I think it's still, um, you can still exercise that law in, like, something like 45 states or something. And I love, by the way that you're putting forward this idea that, but yeah, there's some responsibility to have the conversation, but it, it doesn't mean if you didn't have the conversation that the punishment is death. Right. Listen, when you're fucking 17 years old and you date and you're going to go on a date with a 20 year old kid and the 17 year old trans girl didn't want to tell. I mean, these are young kids, man. You know, young fucking kids, trans or not, gay or not, young kids, inexperienced, don't know how to talk to people. Coming from parents of today, probably even dumber. Some, you know, it de it depends, of course. You know, if you have a 30-something, 40-something-year-old transsexual woman, it's not going to fucking play games with people. I don't play games with people. People are fucked up, man. You got to be careful. But, you know, when you... When you're a 20 year old trans girl, you know, conversations like that might not come up, but that doesn't give the 21 year old boy the permission to erase this person's life, please. Like, and that's what the law basically is doing, you know, giving one up to the murderer of the trans person. So if you get an asshole fucking judge that is anti-LGBT, Q, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, <laughs> <laughs> the list is getting fucking longer. I can't even see that myself. So. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, I'm lost too now. I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. I'm just, wings are just going to fucking come out of my back, and I'm just going to shoot out into the sky. <laughs> I'll do that at my last show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a much better promise than the Gigi Allen last show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck, I hate yeah. Gigi Allen. Yeah, you're not going to kill yourself Literally. on stage. You're going to grow wings and fly away. Way better. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm having a really... Really nice day, you. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am indeed. This is what this is, and this is what these conversations are. And this is um, is why I hate small talk because uh, you know, I mean, I, I I was wondering from age five or six what happens when we die. Why is it not okay to have these conversations or ask these questions? It, it still kind of baffles me as an adult that we're not just tripping and falling into conversations like this one more often. And what and what kind of a world would we live in if these sort of conversations were more common? You know, how much different would society and culture be? Yeah, I think the world would be kind of like would be so much more casual and at peace. That's a that's a that's a significant point that you're making because guess what? It's one word. It's fucking communication, and communication is terrible, and it's even getting worse and these phones and devices and stuff like that, it's like, you know, people are communicating even less on a real, real earthly human level. Lately, even lately, the past couple of years, like I'm just been, I'm just so not even into answering emails or texts or I don't scroll at people's lives. I don't look anymore. Like, I've changed so much the past couple of years. Like, you know, I'm just, uh, yeah, fucking, even with emails, it's just so toxic. It's just, it's draining. Like, someone writes me an email and it's this long fucking winded thing. I'm like, fuck this. I just call the person up and just, I'd, I'd rather talk because it's just, it's a different kind of energy, you know, and, and you only, you only have so much to expend in a given day, <laughs> you know, to expend no, it in it that impersonal like, way. You know what? I don't want to sit here twiddling my fucking thumbs answering your fucking 2,000 word email, dude. I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm done. Text, too. It's like, dude, how many times are you going to send me a picture of your dick? <laughs> Let me just fucking come here and fucking stick it in me already. Stop playing with your phone. You know what I mean? It's like, stop. Bring it here. I'm not interested looking at it on the phone anymore. How many fake fucking plans can you make? Yeah, what are you doing February 6th? I'm all yours. Okay, see you then. February 4th comes. Oh, what are you doing March 3rd? Uh, it's just like, oh, oh, my God. People are like... People don't want to meet anymore. They just want to like sit on their couch and play with their fucking phones, man. And it's like a new sort of false intimacy that gets created in these endless yeah. series of messages back and it gives, forth. It gives, yeah, it gives people the option to not say hello to people, to mm -hmm. not look up, mm -hmm. to not look at the sky, to not greet another human being, to not get real with a human being. It gave people the the freedom to be keyboard warriors accomplishing nothing online. I know it's like been a little bit of a downtrodden conversation, but yes, we're talking about culture, which isn't, you know, it's not, it's, it's very far from the wizard of Oz. I love what you said 
towards the beginning of the conversation about how if you're worried about the destination, you're, you're looking at the wrong thing. And, and I feel like when it comes to religion, spirituality, life's big questions, I feel like people often ask the wrong question, you know? Absolutely. People don't know enough because they're asking all the wrong questions. Here's why there's no destination and it's all about the journey. Because you don't get anything, you never get it done. All the things that you want to do in this lifetime, you'll never get, you're, you're, all the things you're thinking about do, it's enough for 30 lifetimes already. Like, for example, in my lifetime, I've written enough music and enough album work to, to last me until I'm 70 years old, pretty much. I've got vault, song after song, I've got albums, I've, I'm constantly recording again. It's all about the journey. There is no death. The destination is leaving the body. You don't get it done. You never finish it up. And it's all about the journey because it's all about the here and now. And that's why you need to enjoy yourself in the moment as much as you can right here, right now. Because when you start thinking about tomorrow, that doesn't exist. And the past, that doesn't exist. It's just a figment of your memory and imagination. You just put things on in your storehouse on file. doesn't exist anymore. And tomorrow doesn't exist either. The only time that exists is literally right here, right now. And people, it's so simple that people don't believe it. Because they're not seeing what's right in front of them. They're so distracted about the destination that they're not in the moment. That's when you get depressed. Depression don't exist. Anxiety doesn't exist. Stress doesn't exist. It does, but what's really happening is that you're pulling your... You're making excuses for your limitations, basically. You're not living in the moment. You're pulling yourself out, and that creates stress. That creates depression. That creates friction in the body, in the cellular system. You've got to be present. That's why they call it the present. The present is a gift. That's why it's called the present moment. It's a gift. It's a gift today, this conversation. These words I speak to you now, they'll never be uttered ever again. Only in your memory. Only when you lay down on your pillow. And then, boof, gone. This is life. And you know what? There is no death. Death doesn't exist. Only the body dies. We are energy. We are frequency. We are vibration. That's all we are. We vibrate at such high speeds of light that we've created matter to house this energy that you hear, that you see, that you feel. So death in my opinion, really doesn't exist. Like, I know my dad's not dead. I can smell my dad when I'm doing yoga on my mat. He's come to me many times before. I'm being guided by my my family, my father, and all of his disciples, and all the angel warriors that got my back in this planet. So I can leave behind a better world, because that's my mission. I've been doing that. I've been saving lives since I'm 18 years old. And I will continue to do that. I've got such a blessed life. Yes, it's been challenging. But yes, it's, it's been hard. 
Yes, it's confusing. Yes, it's controversial. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it fucking hurts. But this is life. And that suffering with your human magical self, you can create a beautiful now and a beautiful maybe tomorrow. But the more happy you are, the more filled up you are in the moment, the more you love yourself today, the more you want to take care of yourself today, the, the good foods that you put in the body, the oxygenated water that you put in the body, the fact that you turn off your television and you're, you don't want to look at these states. You know, the information, controlling the information that comes into your biology is very important as well. That also creates a lot of stress. you got to control the information that you see and hear. And that's what I mean about creating your own reality, too. I know, Paul, I know all these people are fucking assholes. I know they're not going to get nothing done. I put no faith in politicians or presidents or this political paradigm. I think if you run around calling yourself a liberal or a conservative or a Democrat or a Republican or a this or a that, all I think is you're a fucking asshole. You're a galactic fucking, you're a galactic human being. Let's not reduce ourselves to puny little nothings. We're not liberals. We're fucking humans, man. We're human beings. We're mysteries. We're miracles. We're angelic frequencies vibrating on this low, this very low dimensional plane called planet Earth. We're here to have fun. We're here to create. We're here to love. We're here to create art. We're here to fuck. We're here to feel good. In politics and in religion, they sell the other. They sell the latter. And that's why you got to be smart. you got to create your own reality. you got to be in here right now, right here, right now. you got to believe in your own Dalai Lama. Forget about the Dalai Lama. Become your own Dalai Lama. Become your own church. You'll never find God in church, but you will find God when you close your eyes and you listen to your own breathing. God is within. You are God. We are all God, collectively and individually. If it makes someone feel good to go to church to find their faith, more power to them. At least they're positive. I'm not knocking those people. But be smart. Don't be fucking morons. Don't think the snake is evil. Don't think Adam and Eve bit the fruit. Don't think Eve came from Adam's rib. This is all bullshit fucking idiotic talk. People want certainty. And what I've learned as I've gotten older and gotten deeper into this stuff, that the answer is in the question. You know, the the solution is in the the problem. You know, it's all the more that we can accept the mystery the the happier we are the more of a part of it we Absolutely. feel and that's and that's the hardest thing for people to accept and the biggest breakthrough to make is that the answer is the question <laughs> and it it sounds like nonsense until you really really sit in it and you go you know the beauty the beauty is here in the mystery and in the unknowing and that, and i think so much of the distraction that you talk about that we surround ourselves with is precisely because we have a fear of the present a fear Absolutely. of the moment a fear of what what it's going to feel like to just sit in what's happening 
humanity has been programmed for thousands of years, or in our culture, hundreds of years, or a hundred years, or whatever it's been, uh, after, you know, post uh, post-agricultural age, uh, post-entry, I should say, yeah, again, people are programmed to not look within. People have to learn how to hear with their eyes and have to learn how to see with their ears. And that's in the Bible. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, you know, there's some things, there's some things that ring true. I tell you what, if you get the King James, the footnotes of Bible, you, you'll see some real things that went down. Um, but when you get the, the versions of today, it's just so far from the truth. I'm not saying there aren't truths in there because there definitely are. But but a lot of these institutions, you know, it's not it's nothing. Now churches become state. Once that happens, goodbye. They got silences on everyone. Is what's going on. Focus on the journey. Forget about tomorrow. Be here now. Be here now. It's one of the first books, actually, that came into my life when I was about, or the first spiritual books that came into my life when I was about 17, 18 years old, which was Ram Dass's Be Here Now. Mm. Believe, believe it or not, the first kind of spiritual book that came to me was James Redfield's The Celestine Prophecy. And and he wrote a he wrote a bunch of them, but that the Celestine prophecy came to me, which led me into Ramdas, and then that led me into Deepak, and then Rumi, and then Krishnamurti, and then Osho, and then year after year after year, you know, Alan Watts, Terence McKenna, Graham Hancock, you know, I'm listening to uh, Madame Blavatsky, Crowley, uh, Rudolf Steiner, I'm like. Schopenhauer, Nietzsche, Sartre, uh, or however you pronounce his name, or Jung, or Jung. Like, I can't even get to tell you all the great minds that have come into my life. Once you start digging, man, it's like a never-ending process. That's why, don't stress about getting shit done. You'll never get it done. <laughs> Stay yeah. with us. And, and, perfect, and perfect is the enemy of the good. That's another one I've been meditating on lately because so many things... I don't get further on because of the need for perfection. And it's like, you know what? Just sometimes you just got to do that. Song's never going to be perfect. Sing the song, lay it down, move on, on to the next. I got song. a new one for you. Just repeat to yourself. We are imperfectly perfect. Or we are perfectly imperfect. There is no perfection. Your imperfections are perfect for you. Hmm. So deal with that. Eat that. Put that in your lap and rock it or whatever you got it. You know, their perfection, it exists in its imperfection, in a sense. It's like the double-edged sword kind of thing. It's the yin and yang. Everything I've said and all the bad things I've said about everything and everyone, like I know though deep down inside, that all is in divine order. All this chaos we got in the world, divine order. You know, all this hatred, all this fear, everything is in divine order, whether you can see so or not. It truly is. This 
cosmic, mind-blowing experience that we call life, that we're all experiencing now, whether you think about floating on a, you're on this planet floating in the middle of nowhere or somewhere. Ram Dass left this earthly plane just a couple months ago as, as we're talking right yeah, now, and yet is very present in this conversation. <laughs> there's oh, yeah. there's some proof of the afterlife right there. He's living in the oh, yeah. ideas we're exchanging right now. I, I absolutely um, there's there's no death. Maybe there's no life. Like who knows what this is? What, what is this thing that we're seeing? You know what? What is this? I ask myself those questions every day. I want to know the origin of life. I think they might know it. But we're kind of like, and I don't know if we're a slave race or not, you know, seems that way in a way, the way they treat us. Like we was, you know, I know there's a lot of crazy things happening in the world, but we were saying everything is in divine order. Let's leave it at that because it truly, truly is. Um, without order, there'd be no chaos. Without chaos, there'd be no order. I think everything is as it's supposed to be. As crazy as and as horrific as that might sound to some people, I think the moment is just brilliant. And I think if people are listening in and and you know feel blessed, you know we're very blessed people. We have a lot of blessings in this country. You know I don't hate anything. I just want people to do better. I want people to be, if there was more sincerity in the world, then I'd, I'd feel a little bit better, but there's not. And there's those kinds of people that for better or for worse, who knows if they're deliberately hiding things or not. Is it for our own good? Who knows? I don't know. There's so many crazy things. We have so much to, to talk about and cover, like underground bases, hollow earth, you know, um, Holy shit, like, there's so many crazy, uh, you know. Let me throw a couple of names at you that I think you would appreciate. You should do dig in on some of – I mean, I've mentioned all their names Please. in the podcast, but I'll just say, like, if you have time, man, get your hands on people like – get some books or YouTube, some lectures on people like um, – you know, I don't know if you heard of Terrence McKenna. No, I, I, a, mo a bunch of those names that you said I, I, I am familiar with, okay. but not all of them. Okay. That, that, that one was Fam not familiar, one of them. Familiarize yourself with Terrence McKenna, with Alan Watts, okay, with Graham Hancock, with Joseph Murphy, with James Allen, people like Napoleon Hill. I would also recommend a woman writer named Florence Scovel Shin, S-C-O-V-E-L, Shin, S-H-I-N-N. Definitely Joseph Murphy, keep this in mind. One of my favorite motherfuckers that talks about manifesting your now, you know, shaping your now and which... The the more work and self-love and self-care you put into the, to the now, you are creating a more abundant 
tomorrow or hours from now. I hate the word tomorrow, but hours from now. The more giving you are, the more cool you are, because every emotion, every thought you have, like, be be very careful of how you talk to yourself, because mm. whether you want that talk or don't want that talk, you're going to create that in your immediate now or immediate future. Um, so Joseph Murphy, Neville Goddard, N-E-V-I-L-L-E, Goddard, G-O-D-D-A-R-D. These are some people, over, I'm giving you about 30 years of research and shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So these are people that have completely turned my life upside down spiritually, cosmically, intellectually, emotionally, psycho psychologically. I mean, I'm a big reader. I, I love to read. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. It's one of my favorite. It's more than a hobby because I don't read to just pass time because I'm very, I hold on to my time. I savor my life and my time. That's why I'm very selective of how I spend my time. Mm -hmm. Hence, what kind of information comes into my life. You got control over it all, man. Good thing you got me on a good day. You don't want to talk to me on a bad day because <laughs> I'm a fucking disaster. But, like, I'm the complete opposite. You'd be like, I, I don't want to get her on the show. <laughs> but, yeah, but, no way. But listen, I'm going to go because I want to shower. i got to feed my doggy. I had a really great time. Thank you for allowing me to just be a well of information, for good or for worse. I don't really like doing interviews and stuff unless it's and really talking to a lot of people because a lot of people don't really, they're not on um, the lev, you know, not on the level. I'm not saying I'm, I'm better than uh, better than anyone. I've, so I'm very selective with what I get. Yeah, I had a good time, and, and thank you again for allowing me to vomit all over your show. <laughs> Anytime.